You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Ready to learn seven more clues for spotting NAR counterfeit revival? Hi, I'm Holly Pivik. Welcome to this episode. I'm a researcher and author warning people about the rise of a fast-growing, global, and harmful movement among churches known as the New Apostolic Reformation, or NAR. In my last episode, I identified six of 13 clues that show that a song, sermon, or event is promoting unbiblical NAR revival. These include practices like fire tunnels and prayer declarations, the preaching of a distorted NAR gospel of the kingdom, and prophecies about the seven mountain mandate. Today I will share seven more clues that NAR revival, in contrast to true biblical revival, is afoot. The seventh sign of NAR counterfeit revival is 24-7 prayer rooms. I'm talking about special prayer rooms where individuals sign up for shifts engaging in non-stop, around-the-clock prayer. Wait, what? You might be wondering, what is wrong with 24-7 prayer? Nothing is wrong with around-the-clock prayer, of course, if biblical prayer is what is taking place in those rooms. But many of today's prayer rooms are modeled after the prayer room at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, Missouri, also known as IHOPKC, where prophetic singers and musicians have led nonstop night and day worship and prayer since 1999 with plans to continue until Christ returns. IHOPKC's prayer room began after the controversial NAR prophet Bob Jones, I'll share more about Jones in a moment, gave Mike Bickle, the founder of IHOPKC, a prophecy that he would start a 24-7 prayer and worship ministry led by young adults that would lead to worldwide revival. Bickle teaches that these prayer rooms, where declarations are made for revival, will play a central role in bringing about the so-called billion-soul harvest. He also teaches that, through their declarations, end-time Christians will release in unison the judgments of God that will kill millions of people and wipe out entire cities. Thus, prayer rooms, multiplied strategically throughout the world, will serve as NAR command centers for a heavenly assault against the Antichrist global empire. Though not all 24-7 prayer rooms promote NAR teachings about revival, they typically are a good indicator that a church is influenced by NAR. The eighth sign of NAR counterfeit revival is revival hotspots. If you hear church leaders referencing Toronto, Brownsville, or Lakeland, you know they are promoting the NAR counterfeit revival. Just about every committed NAR person who could traveled to experience the so-called revivals occurring at churches in those cities. The Toronto Blessing of 1994 at Toronto Airport Vineyard Church in Toronto, Canada, the Brownsville Revival of 1995 at Brownsville Assembly of God in Pensacola, Florida, and the Lakeland Revival of 2008 at Ignited Church in Lakeland, Florida. The Lakeland Revival, 
led by the NAR prophet Todd Bentley, ended in infamy after disclosures about Bentley's lifestyle, including reports of an extramarital affair and drunkenness, came to light. To the chagrin of many high-profile NAR leaders who promoted him, during these purported revivals, word spread about miracles and strange manifestations of God's presence, including people miraculously receiving gold fillings in their teeth, making animal noises, such as barking like dogs and roaring like lions, and getting drunk in the spirit. Today's popular revival hotspot is Bethel Church in Redding, California. But for many people, visiting Bethel isn't enough. They decide to move to Redding permanently so that they can continue to experience the ongoing revival. All the buzz about Bethel Church is further evidence of NAR revival aspirations. The ninth sign of NAR counterfeit revival is shady prophets. When attending a NAR revival, you may hear the names Bob Jones, Paul Kane, and William Branham. All are deceased, but they are among the most revered prophets in NAR memory, despite their engagement in sexual misconduct and their heretical teachings. This is NAR's dirty little secret, the pivotal role of immoral and dubious prophets in the movement. For example, Bob Jones, who lived from 1930 to 2014, confessed that he had abused his prophetic office by encouraging women to undress in his office so that they could stand naked before the Lord in order to receive prophetic words from him. He was the so-called prophet who gave the well-known NAR prophecies about the billion soul harvest. Paul Kane, who lived from 1929 to 2019, confessed to being an alcoholic and a long-term practicing homosexual. He gave the highly heralded prophecies about stadiums being filled because of miracles. William Branham, who lived from 1905 to 1965, the most esteemed NAR prophet of all, taught that Eve had sex with the serpent in the Garden of Eden and that God gave his word in three forms, the Bible, the Zodiac, and the Egyptian pyramids. He also denied the doctrine of the Trinity. NAR leaders know about all these things, yet they still regard these men as genuine prophets. Bill Johnson, the apostle and senior leader at Bethel Church, has said that believers are required by God to, quote, honor, unquote, modern-day prophets, even those who ended poorly, and even when you find out later that the person was living in a secret sin. But keep in mind the words of the Apostle Peter. False prophets and false teachers secretly bring in destructive heresies. They are characterized by sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. See 2 Peter 2, 1-2. The tenth sign of NAR revival is fresh revelation. One of the clearest marks of NAR revival is the label fresh revelation for leaders' teachings. The so-called prophets and apostles claim their offices give them the authority to give new revelation that they have received directly from God. NAR prophets can announce, Thus saith the Lord, and expect their words to be taken seriously. In addition to giving revelation that guides individuals and local churches, they also give revelation to entire nations and the global church. Chris Vallotton, the prophet at Bethel Church, claims that Jesus spoke to him directly 
about the, quote, new revelation, unquote, God is about to give to the global church through apostles. He said, the Lord also told me, I'm about to open up the vaults of heaven and reveal depths of my glory that have never before been seen or understood by any living creature. NAR leaders present the global church with new teachings and practices, which are called present-day truths and strategies, such as the Seven Mountain Mandate. One means of receiving this revelation is prophetic illumination into specific verses of Scripture when God shows them the hidden meaning of those verses. Bill Johnson speaks of this critical new revelation given through prophetic illumination when he says, No one in their right mind would claim to understand all that is contained in the Bible for us today. Yet to suggest that more is coming causes many to fear. Get over it so you don't miss it. The NAR focus on new revelation is very different from the trend in non-NAR churches where people gather to hear the Bible preached responsibly and accurately interpreted in its context rather than to hear up-to-the-minute fresh prophecies and learn the secret messages contained in Scripture, NAR preaching undermines the teaching authority of the Bible. What value does it have if it hasn't first been sifted by the enlightened NAR prophet who is alone in being able to reveal its full meaning? The 11th clue for spotting NAR revival is vigorous spiritual warfare. NAR leaders teach that For revival to occur, their followers must engage in peculiar spiritual warfare practices that are not identified in scripture, such as casting out high-ranking demons called territorial spirits who are believed to rule over cities. During a NAR-style prayer walk, note that not all prayer walks are NAR, a group of people will walk through a neighborhood or section of a city, such as a red light district or skid row and command territorial spirits to leave that region, a practice known as warfare prayer. They also will engage in prophetic acts, which are actions believed to bring spiritual breakthrough to a region and release God's power. Common prophetic acts include driving wooden stakes into the four corners of a city or anointing the perimeters of a building, such as a city hall, with oil. An example of a prophetic act occurred at the Let Us Worship Gathering in Washington, D.C. in October 2022, led by Sean Foyt. Foyt, a former worship leader at Bethel Church, instructed the crowd of thousands to chant the word strike repeatedly. Strike, 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 while shaking their fist in a striking motion, symbolically striking the ground. This prophetic act was seen as releasing spiritual power to defeat demonic forces ruling over America. It was inspired by a story in the Bible in 2 Kings 13 when the prophet Elisha instructed King Jehoash of Israel, who was warring against the king of Aram, to strike the ground with arrows. Prayer walks and prophetic acts are Nar revival tells. A twelfth clue is a diminished Jesus. One of the most controversial NAR teachings is that when Jesus came to earth, he gave up the use of his divine powers and worked all his miracles as a mere man through the power of the Holy Spirit. So, contrary to what Christians have believed through the centuries, his miracles were not evidence of his deity. 
To be clear, NAR leaders do not teach that Jesus ever stopped being the vine, even though Bill Johnson, who has popularized this teaching, has made statements over the years that have left people thinking that is what he taught. If he did teach that, it would be overt heresy and should be strongly condemned. But his teachings, though not necessarily heretical, are rather subtle, which compounds their dangerous effect. Johnson and other NAR leaders have asserted that they believe Jesus, while remaining divine, chose not to use his divine powers to perform miracles. Johnson writes, Let's face it, if Jesus did all his miracles as God, I'm still impressed. But that is an impossible example for me to follow. When I see that he did what he did as a man following his father, then I am compelled to do whatever I need to do to follow that example. But those teachings are based on a serious misrepresentation of scripture, including Philippians 2.7. This verse says that Jesus emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. But it does not teach that Jesus emptied himself of his divine powers. The significance of Jesus' self-emptying is explained in the very next verse. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus' incarnation is a manifestation of divine humility. But by making Jesus out to be a model miracle worker and looking for a way to justify this claim in scripture, NAR teachings lower Jesus' status and mislead people into thinking they can perform the same miracles he did. This teaching is another clear sign of NAR revival. The thirteenth and final clue pointing to NAR is the promotion of encounters with angels. At NAR revivals, the prophets and apostles regale their audiences with stories about the visits they have received from angels. That's because, in NAR teaching, partnering with angels is the missing link for revival. God is currently releasing angels to bring in the end-time harvest of souls. Pretty much every well-known NAR leader has had his or her own angel encounters, and they claim that you too can buddy up with the celestial beings. So be on the lookout for the promotion of books, courses, and conferences that teach people how to meet up with angels, such as the book Angelic Encounters by James Gall and the online course Seeing Into the Angelic Realm taught by Jennifer LeClaire. Beware, however, that so-called angels who show up for revival may not all be God's own ministering angels, for the Apostle Paul warns that even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. See 2 Corinthians 11.14 These seven clues, together with the six I shared in part one of this series, are signs of NAR counterfeit revival. They are certainly not the only clues. There are others. But knowing these 13 clues will give you a big advantage as you seek to determine whether a so-called revival is a NAR revival or a genuine biblical revival. If you haven't listened to part one of this series, 13 Signs for Spotting NAR Counterfeit Revival, be sure to check it out so you can learn the first six clues. And to learn more about NAR, be sure to check out my co-authored book with Doug Guyvett, Counterfeit Kingdom, The Dangers of New Revelation, New Prophets, and New Age Practices in the Church. We have an entire chapter titled Counterfeit Revival, 
which talks about what I have discussed in this series and much, much more. You can sign up at my blog to receive my latest articles in your inbox, including the article I recently co-authored with Doug about NAR influence on the Asbury Revival titled NAR and the Asbury Revival, Why We Should Be Concerned. Go to hollypivik.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-P-I-V-E-C. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 